Rodgers in the shotgun. Three receivers left, one to the right. Packers need at least seven yards to move the chains. Rodgers gets the snap. Blitz is on. Rodgers scrambles He's left, winds up. Rainbow. He's got Cobb at the 10 to the 5. Yes! To the end zone. Welcome to the Packer Force Podcast. I am your host, Elliot Sill, joined by my brothers. Uh, we are here on a Saturday night, and we are full. We are full of three things. We're full of Pizza Hut pizza and lots of different types of alcohol and also of victory over the Carolina Panthers as the Packers move to 11-3 with a 24-16 tale of two halves victory. And speaking of two halves, every pizza has two halves, and if you're a good pizza man, you can cut it in half accurately. Pizza Hut, uh, delicious game-winning food tonight, and also the sponsor of this podcast. we got to thank them for being our future sponsor who will one day give us Right, Condition, conditional, conditional sponsorship. Right, right. Haven't talked to him about it. Right, but we pretty, we're pretty sure Pizza Hut would sponsor us. And I'm, I think, like legally speaking, if we advertise for them, they have to give us money. That's true. And like, also, we have been called the Pizza Hut of Packers podcast. That's right. In the that's past. right. So it's totally fitting. Um, uh, we were good when you were eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> It's not necessarily about the pizza itself, but more about the stickers, the cheap stickers. Book it. Book it. Uh, yeah. The Pizza Hut down the street from us had both the Ninja Turtles arcade game and the original Street Fighter 2 arcade game. So, you can only deduce from that that Pizza Hut is good for Packers. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, with that... Little tip of the cap. Mm-hmm. We are we have we have a lot to digest tonight, um, both figuratively and literally. Yeah, there you go. Uh, our guts are gonna have a tough time with this one, both figuratively and literally. I think, but this is important to this podcast too. Actually, thinking back, I wanted you to, you know, throw the Pizza Hut shout out. Uh, you know, it was one of our worst meals of the of the season so far. I mean, it was good and everything, but usually we do put a lot of time and effort. To the sacrifice for the game, right? To to the, the sacrifice, the sacrifice. Yes. Of of making the correct meat. The thinking game here. Meat. The thinking here was like it was like it was a trap game, but the trap is Christmas. Right. And we knew we were going to be cooking on Christmas, right. so we were thinking about we're going to do all that cooking. Then we don't really want to cook now. Mm-hmm. Let's half-ass this meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was this a trap game with the Panthers Titans? You got the Panthers this week. You got Titans next week. Is there can a I, trap game situation going on? Can I on tell there? you something? Can sure. I tell you something? Tell me. Tell me. I had anything. a terrible feeling about this game. Okay. You know, I I did not feel good coming into to this game at all. There was something. There was some bad auger in the air. I didn't know. I all I was seeing in my head was an Aaron Rodgers injury. That's all I was seeing. Oh shit! Yeah, and look, look how many how many times were we sacked tonight? Uh, like a thousand. A thousand times. <laughs> That's the stat line. A thousand sacks. Aaron Rodgers dropped back to pass twenty eight times. One thousand sacks. It was amazing. It was terrible. Yeah, yes, I don't know. Who, it was too many. So uh, unsustainable. And I think it was also brought about by in two thousand eleven. In 2014, someone brought this up, but you know that Buffalo Bills game is one of the most annoying games that I can remember. Yes. Like losing that game, it's like what the fuck? Because I remember getting up like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be tight. We're gonna roll these Buffalo Bills. They're kind of pesky, but we're gonna show you what football team we are. We were in the hunt. For that one seed at mm-hmm. that time too, mm-hmm. that was a that was a season changing game. If we I I can't remember this. If we win that game, 
do we get that one seed? But you were th- you were thinking that this was that kind of game that that like, is this game. You look back and say we fucked the one seed right. up here. Right. But okay. In the last couple weeks, when we've looked at this game on the schedule, both you, Andrew, and Pop, our dad named Pop. It's <laughs> <laughs> not his name. <laughs> no, that's his name, Pop. Robert Sill. <laughs> He's. You guys both said it was weird that this game was on a Saturday night, and I was like, "No, that's normal. That's a regu- It's a normal thing." But the closer it got, it's like, "All right, the season we're coming into the holiday season. Maybe that has something to do with it. It is a Saturday night game. Like, I just don't fully trust Matt Lafleur on these messed up schedules yet. You know, like if he's going to fly hold up, hold out up, somewhere. Up. Yeah, you." <laughs> We're worried about the new coach and scheduling? Yes. About getting ready for a Saturday night football game. There is something that getting up for a noon game, like we're we're ready for that. We know how to do that. But there's something else about your bio I don't know, you're about your biorhythms, about getting locked in at the right time so in you, the week. You were you were afraid that this could be the type of game that we lose and people you know, the general masses don't understand why. Yes. But you can look at it and say, well, it was a weird game because of these reasons, none of which really have to do with football. Right. But right, right, it's right. all out there. So, and that, through that lens. Yes. Tonight's win has to be kind of good. It, for me, for me, it is good that we win because I know you can lose these games. You can, and we we've lost it like we, like you said in 2014 to the Bills, and then 2011 to the Chiefs. Um, both. Shh. Are you shushing me? No, I am laughing because Peter was there at that 2011 game, and he caused that personally. I know. You son of a bitch. Hey, we went back and we got our revenge. We did, but I've been advised by other people that. Peter, you are solely responsible for that fucking Kansas City loss in 2011. I mean, if you're if you're looking at this game through the lens of like, could we have won or could we have lost it? Yes, we could have lost it, and we didn't, and that's good. But we tried. There is a there is a solid half hour of football film in which we are outplayed by the only team in the NFC who has been eliminated from the playoffs, the Carolina Panthers. That's wild. They literally are. And no, they're, a, they're tied with the Atlanta Falcons. It's them or the Falcons. One of them is eliminated mathematically and the other is not. I'm sure they're both going to be eliminated by oh Sunday. But okay. but this is the kind of game that you feel bad about losing in the context of, like, this is supposed to be a Super Bowl winning season, season mm-hmm. right? We've got, you know, big things ahead of us, and yet we go up 21-3 to on the Panthers, and then we get outplayed for an entire half. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, bad feeling. I mean, you had a bad feeling, and then we went up to twenty-one to three. Mm-hmm. What was your feeling at that point? What was my feeling was complacency. What I was feeling was like, okay, I can just sit back. I can watch with my girlfriend. I don't have to worry about being anxious for this game. I don't have to, you know, put the energy. We're just gonna roll. We're gonna roll, and it's gonna be okay. And you started to see it at the beginning or at the end of the first half, right? Like drives kind of sputtered. You said, we can get another touchdown. And we could have. We could have gotten another touchdown. And then we didn't. It was like, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You don't score. You to get another field goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not that either. Not that either. And then the the half went by and came out. Of, honestly, I was I was fine. I never thought that we were going to lose this game. It just got more annoying, and like I said, the expectation changes when you're this successful. The expectation isn't like, I hope we can get this win. We, We need to find a way to pull this out. Your expectation is showing that you're the dominant football team, Mm -hmm. right? And I, this is the time to start doing that. Right. At 21 to three, you are the dominant football team. Yes. And then you get two chances in a row with the ball. Instead of doubling up, mm-hmm. you get two three and outs. You yep. get a three and out, and then they have the ball for some odd seconds before the half. And then you get the ball out of the half, and you go three and out then, too. Mm-hmm. And then 
you know, this team isn't very good. They're not very polished offensively, but they did. And you're talking about the Panthers. Yes. Yeah. They they did the things that your worried teams will do to you. Mm-hmm. They, you know, found matchup comforts for themselves, and they took advantage of them, and they didn't seem to be stopped mm-hmm. in them. Um, and to that end, they weren't able to score, you know, the touchdowns that they needed to get back in the game. Mm-hmm. But they won the second half, 13-3. to mm-hmm. um, So, does this... Points in the half, that's ugly. Three points in the half is ugly for us. That's you know that yeah. puts you on pace for a six-point game, which, mm-hmm. according to facts, is not very good. Nope. So, <laughs> you you want to do better than six, three points and a half, and also we all know everyone's aware that Aaron Rodgers is pining for the MVP. Mm-hmm. And this was the type of game that you say, you know, we're looking at we're now at the point in the season where you can say, okay, who is the MVP of the whole season? Mm-hmm. We have enough of it's not week four anymore where you say, ooh, this person had two good games. It's like we have a whole body of work to look off of. Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, it's like they're finalists, and now we're analyzing each of their performances to say, was this the MVP winning performance? And this one may have lost it for Aaron Rodgers if Pat Mahomes if Pat Mahomes goes out. Three touchdowns, 250 yards, modest performance, but beats the Saints, mm-hmm. secures the one seed in the AFC, and knocks a, a top tier team down. You got to give it to Mahomes. No, I don't think so because he just came out, uh, came off the three interception game, right? Aaron Rodgers is still riding that high. You have two games left to go. You have two games left to go after that. And our biggest game of December is coming up next week. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, you, your next chance is your chance to prove it, but this was your chance to pad your resume, and you didn't pad it. Um, so, it, you know, for me, I'm seeing a lot of concerns out of this game. Legend, what are you seeing? Agree 100%. It's worrying for Aaron Rodgers. It's a game where he was in the driver's seat, and... Instead of firmly taking control of that, he kind of called shotgun, and he got rejected for shotgun. <laughs> like, it wasn't there. Like, there was nothing there. And his his main homies failed him, which was the most troubling thing. Devontae had a couple plays he should have made that he didn't. Lazard, who we're all counting on to be the number two guy to step up, also let him down on a complete dime down the sideline that would have set us up for points. Mm-hmm. And there was there was some really troubling things for the for the entire team. The thing that troubles me most is that we're fighting tooth and nail trying to get Rogers his personal accolades and get him the MVP, but we want this number one seed because we want to play at home in the cold outside in December, January. And it's really worrying to me that as much as we all have built faith in Devontae and Lazard, can they do it in the cold? Do we have proof that they can do what they've been doing as much as they have thrilled the shit out of every one of us and what they've done this year, mm-hmm. both Devontae ascending to prominence as probably the number one receiver in the league. But if he can't do it in the cold, and Lazard the same, he's secured confidence to being the number two on this team. But if he can't do it in the cold either, it's really troubling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, tonight was tonight. You, Go ahead. You want to see that right now, and. What you saw from them in home games is worrisome. Tonight was great incentive for Matt LaFleur to have some some outdoor practices as we come down the stretch here. Mm-hmm. Because that yeah, I think mm-hmm. you know, we saw some we saw some drops, we saw some stiff hands, and was that due to the cold? Was that just, you know, kind of regression to the mean? Who knows? I got a, I got a question for you guys. This isn't this isn't Randall the Bear Killer Cobb 
in Chicago. This isn't Jordy Nelson. This isn't James Hoodie Jones himself. Mm. This is this is not the tried and true cold weather Packers receivers, right? Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers said in his post game comments tonight, you know, we throw the ball pretty well in Lambeau in the cold. Do you trust these guys right now to go into cold weather and be able to run the same passing game that we've been running all year? No, not yet. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers said that as well. Like, 33 degrees isn't even that cold. Mm-hmm. When you get into, like, some negative temperatures, then we're talking some real shit. But 33 degrees shouldn't even be affecting guys yet. Mm-hmm. And it kind of seems like it was. And that's that's worrying. Yeah, how mm-hmm. can you trust MVS, who's had a hard enough time trusting his hands, to be able to play in the cold? The, the big problem with the cold is that it takes an extra split second for that feeling to come through your hands to actually get to your brain. It, like things are just working slower and your hands are not working the same at that at that temperature. Oh, yeah. I mean it's absolutely an extra level. Like he's just getting confident with making catches and contact at the level of it's fucking cold as shit out here and I can't feel my fingers. That's something he has to be able to compensate for and we're asking him to grow a lot as it was already from I can't catch balls with contact because I'm a little bitch to all of a sudden being able to catch balls with contact in the freezing ass cold when you can't feel your fingers anyways. That's mm-hmm. a struggle. That's a long ways to go. And I, wanna, I, I, I want him to get there, but that's a lot to ask. I want to pause here to assert our weekly reminder um, to Marquez, stop. Don't listen to the podcast. This is not for you. You're not our target audience. You mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta get some sleep, Marquez. Um, I, you know, I like that. Uh, I like that he listens. You know, I. <laughs> it shows he has character. Yeah. But maybe I, you know. I care about that dude. I really do. I like hey, what well, what Andrew said about not trusting these guys. I absolutely agree with. I can't trust Marquez, Marquez Valdez-Scantling yet. I can't trust even Alan Lazard yet. By the end of a football season, my hands have gotten better just from playing catch in the yard yeah. than they were at the beginning. So I'm sure yeah. these NFL receivers can make the adjustments if they're like, oh, I should probably work on catching in the cold. Like I think they will get there, but mm-hmm. the other component of this attack that hasn't been mentioned whatsoever. Who was the best player on the field, by the way, tonight? Was Aaron Jones mm-hmm. in the running game. Mm-hmm. And I thought you saw a really effective running attack in the first half. And we didn't employ it effectively in the second half. I think Aaron Jones had seven carries for 21 yards in the second half. And the, the thing is, it's not that they went away completely. He was still getting carries. But they would give up and... There was the problem that the pass wasn't allowing drives to continue and to get more carries for Aaron Jones. It was like we would get, yeah, um, you know, two or three yards on on some of these Aaron Jones carries to start the second half, and then we'd pass. And then mm-hmm. when the second and seven pass doesn't work out, you have third and seven, and you have to pass again. Mm-hmm. And then that doesn't work out either. So mm-hmm. now you're punting. Mm-hmm. And we punted six times tonight, which I think is a record mm-hmm. for the season. Yeah. You know, we had more touchdown passes than, than punts coming into tonight. I don't think that's Tam- going to be true for the rest Tampa of the year. Tampa Bay might have been worse, but... Probably. But... Or similar. Well, we had more interceptions and, like, fourth down so failures than that, than punts that day. Um, but Aaron Jones, he has he goes off for over 100 yards in the first half. Mm-hmm. and is doing great, looks phenomenal. Never stopped doing good things. We just kind of stopped giving it to him in the second half. I think if you want to be a cold-weather team, maybe that's the out, That's the tree to bark up. I think that was Matt LaFleur's game plan. I It seemed like that was his thought. It, it, there was an entire chunk of the playbook that was thrown out, whether that was because Carolina's defense was doing that to us, or because that was our game plan, right? We looked like we wanted to come out and run the ball. That was that was part of the script, 
And that was it was part of the overall game plan, right? To to ride Aaron Jones and and to ride the run. It seemed like that's how it was early on. Then we got away from that. I think once Aaron looked up, realized he had what, eighty yards in the first half or whatever? Sixty six yards in the yeah. first half. Yeah. I mean, he probably looked up and was like, Okay, I have to get something else going. And I don't know I don't know if that wasn't in the menu for today or if it was just that the Panthers were somehow taking that out of us. Now the other side of that is that we showed that we like when that passing game isn't there, we can win a game with the run. And honestly, there's there is a way that you can take this passing game out. I'm sure of it. Just like I believe there's a way that you can minimize the Chiefs' pass offense. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's difficult, but you can do it. And if that happens, can you turn to the run and be able to win that? And if that happens in the playoffs, it's going to be a different story. Aaron Rodgers needs to be selfless, and he needs to give up the rock to, to the hot hand. He needs to be able to ride Aaron Jones. I think that's a big thing. Hopefully, we can learn that. Hopefully, we can take that tonight like, hey, if it's not there, we have to go with what's working. All right? Matt LaFleur needs to say, hey, I need to override you right now. And you need to put it like, if we fuck up, that is that is going to be on me. But I am the coach, and this is what we need to do. I think of tonight and I think of like all the games that we've watched as Packers fans over this season and said like oh we can beat this Seattle team. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can we can beat this New Orleans team. Mhm. We can beat this Chiefs team too. Mhm. I feel like that was that we had that kind of a game tonight for other teams. Those Chiefs are terrifying. <laughs> True. <laughs> if you but if you were watching but if you were watching the Packers tonight and you're a fan of a rival NFC contender, I think you saw something and you said they you know, they came out pretty strong, but once you get them figured out, there's not much there. Yeah. Yeah, the the good thing about that is that we won. Like, we were exposed tonight, and maybe that's good. Maybe we needed to be exposed in some in some capacity, but we did do what we need to do to continue this run to keep the playoffs going through Lambeau. Here, I, I have one more thing that I really want to talk about real quick, too. Okay. In a year where Aaron Rodgers has shared more words than any other year where he's been more vocal and you know everybody's watching him on pat mcafee mcafee uh, pat mcafee mccaffrey mcafee pat mcafee that's what i thought it was yes what it, aaron Rodgers has become known for his kind of prophet, prophetic sentences Right? One sentence that kind of gets everything going. Right? Sure. Catchphrases. Relax. Relax. Run the table. Run the table. Et cetera. Right? Uh, Catchphrases. So far this year, I would say the one thing that he said is down years for me are career years for other quarterbacks. Right? That's what it is so far. I don't oh. think that's like a catchphrase that is that is about this team. Right. But this post-game game interview was pretty unique in seeing a winning quarterback come out and just be pissed off. <laughs> it was a like, You talking about that you're talking about the on-air interview with Fox before he went into the locker room? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. He had no good things to say. It so, was all hellfire and brimstone. There was a, there was a lot of truth that he dropped in that interview. I personally am going to be waiting through this week to see what he says. Mm-hmm. To see if there's anything that forms and forges this offense. And that's it. Yeah. You're you're this waiting. The, you're waiting to see some. Some kind of moment come from this struggle, where where 
the struggling just stops and the raising hell begins. I think you saw with this team tonight, like, they're... This wasn't the offense, man. Our offense isn't to throw that many fucking bubble screens. Yeah. How many times did Aaron Rodgers throw down to Devontae Adams or whomever? Right. Um, to just like what looks like a checking out of a run, which might be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jump. You know, it just looked like the downfield attack was not there, mm-hmm. and that's why you had him averaging four yards an attempt or whatever it was. Uh, They showed in the second half a next-gen stat that said that Aaron Rodgers was averaging fewer yards per attempt uh, than in any game he's had since 2016 when they started tracking it, which, whoa, like, holy Mm -hmm. shit. Like, I saw, you you saw he had low yardage totals all through the night, and he finished with 100 and, what was it, 143 yards Mm -hmm. passing? Yeah. Which is that's fucking garbage. You want to talk about an MVP? Uh-huh. You threw for less than six fantasy points, you fucking idiot. Yeah, he was looking a lot less like Aaron Rodgers and more like Mister Rodgers. He was like, yeah, with it was the like, one forty three. It was like, are you my neighbor? Let me throw to you because you're so fucking close to me. Yep. I'm, you know, not afraid to throw to you. No, I don't think, but I don't think it was a fear thing. Here's the other side of it. We were sacked five times in the game. Mm-hmm. So that's five times where potentially Aaron Rodgers is looking to throw downfield that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know what can Aaron Rodgers do with five downfield attempts? Like <laughs> he can. That's a hundred yards right there and a fucking two touchdowns, right? Um, yeah. So it was. But it wasn't. But and it wasn't. It was a set. Like, he couldn't get the ball out. I was confused because we our offensive line has not played that bad all year. We have not had. We have not been owned by a defensive line. Yes, we have. All year. In Tampa? Yeah. Shaq, but, ba- Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul and Ndamukong Sue. Yeah, and also the attack. I remember the attacking of the middle linebackers in that game. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah. didn't. But that didn't seem to be a thing here. It seemed to be just like it was specifically Lucas Patrick and mm-hmm. then David Bakhtiari after another second. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Brian Burns is has some special... The special athletic ability. Brian Burns, whom the Packers passed on to select for Sean Gary. Yeah. Worth mentioning. Yeah. We don't have to discuss it, but it's there. Hmm. And uh, it it just looked shitty. Like the, mm-hmm. the it was a collapsing pocket. Mm-hmm. And it was all it was like all the left half of the line. Like I don't I haven't gone back and watched these five sacks like over again. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like they were fucking all the left half of the line. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I'm sure they weren't all, but uh, it, it, it's like it yeah, seemed that way. I I watched the highlights. Two sacks I saw. Lucas Patrick getting eaten up. Yeah. So yeah, two sacks by Brian Burns. Two by Derek Brown, who had no sacks coming into the night. And he's a he's an interior guy, right? He's an interior guy, and the other interior guy. F.A. Obata. F.A. Obata. Yeah. Lucas Patrick was left guard, and he got fucking roasted like a chestnut over an open fire. But Elton Jenkins was playing center. And my question is, wasn't Lucas Patrick the backup center? And why didn't we flip-flop him and Elton Jenkins? If Elton Jenkins, like, especially when we're getting our ass kicked at the left guard spot. I don't know. Like, listen, I want... To be completely healthy on the offense, I want Corey Lindsley back, you know. Yeah. yeah but yeah. being that that's not the case, why are we muff, mucking up multiple positions on our on our offensive yeah. line? I don't know why Lucas Patrick isn't playing center, but I feel like tonight was evidence that maybe he should play fucking center and yeah. Elton Jenkins should play left guard. Yeah. So that was bad, and Aaron was Jones bad. was good, and we went away from Aaron Jones, and that was bad. Mm-hmm. So, I think. Offense, a lot of work to do, and honestly, like, what did I say on the on the podcast last week? Other than, you know, I'd like to see your offense struggle a little bit. Like, what a fucking dipshit <laughs> I was. No, um, I I think that could ultimately be a positive, but go on. It yeah, it could be. It needs to be. You have to understand, like, you're not you're not honing your blades here against the mm-hmm. toughest competition in the NFC. Mm-hmm. You're playing the Panthers, who's who the best thing you can say about them is that they're pesky. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you've you you've got to work on this. You have a legitimate opponent coming up next week in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and you know this this Tennessee team is the first team we've played in four weeks that can rationally say it hopes to win the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. We've won four games in a row against mm-hmm. teams that aren't actually seriously thinking about the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like succeeding in the playoffs. Yeah. And if they are that they're really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Bears. Because they're, yeah. um, they're the Bears. Yeah. But I think Tennessee like we we saw the offense struggle this week. They have an opportunity to 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 bounce back like mm-hmm. you got to take it the the best you can hope from this game from this offense performance in the second half is that they see it they're aware of it and they're working on it mm-hmm. yeah i i think they are and well i hope they are I, the, from what aaron Rodgers said tonight they are. <laughs> exactly based on Rodgers' response tonight they have to see it. He sees it. Mm-hmm. He clearly sees it. He glaringly sees it. He sees it to an extent that, God damn it, he's pissed off about it. And that's that's what you want to see from the MVP candidate that had an MVP performance that is MVP-less tonight. Because tonight's performance does not get him anywhere close to where he's trying to go. And he's trying to go there. So, mm-hmm. you have to trust the fact that he's going to get in everybody's ass because that's what it is his job to do. You know what that makes me think of? What? The last episode of The Last Dance. It starts out with the thing that Michael Jordan had over everybody else, the one thing that he was more talented in was being in the moment. And it shows him goofing around on the bus, shows him like gambling, doing just being happy, being in the moment. And that's Aaron Rodgers off the field. And then in the game, let's see if you can do that shit talking when you're when the when the game's tied. When you're down by a couple scores. There was ever a time for Aaron Rodgers to become Michael Jordan. Now. Yep. Like, that's what I've always looked for. And, of course, anybody in the sports world is always looking for their guy to be Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, that's, that's this one little element that would be so cool to see him have is just not giving a fuck. Not giving a singular fuck. Who on the team he throws under the bus, whatever, Mm -hmm. because he knows it's not about right now. It's about his fucking legacy. It's about greatness. It's about fucking doing something so cool that they're going to make a documentary about you 20 years down the road. Because you were so dedicated to just kicking everybody in the ball sack. I mean, he's and got yeah, he's got the respect. You see that in the documentary that Jordan didn't really give a shit even about Pippen. He threw Pippen under the bus in that documentary, and Pippen was an all-time great NBA player, but Michael Jordan did not give a shit about any single other person on his way to greatness. <laughs> and it's okay if Aaron Rodgers wants to shrug off people and fucking throw a pass to Devontae and you see him blatantly like, God damn it, he's shaking his head no, like, Devontae, you should have fucking caught that, you fucking asshole. Even though we know Devontae is great. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is so great that he's like, you motherfucker, you fucking this up for me. And I love that. Fuck it. We Go would... for all the greatness. Throw all the chips in. Fuck everybody and just get it. 
the opportunity to beat Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl would be like the would be the one thing that can make a two Super Bowl two time Super Bowl champion considered for the greatest of all time. And everyone would be like, you know, the kids in, in twenty forty five would be like, but he he only won two Super Bowls. How's he the best ever when when Patrick Mahomes is so great and Tom Brady won six Super Bowls? Well, son, it's because he was the most talented passer anyone had ever seen. And then Patrick Mahomes came along, and he was just as talented. Mm-hmm. But they played in a Super Bowl, and Aaron Rodgers won. Won with less talent. With less <laughs> talent, exactly. So That's all I want for Christmas and the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. But there, there is another half to this team mm-hmm. that deserves to be talked about. Because now that I'm thinking about it, this game ties our our stubborn record for the fewest points allowed in a game this season mm-hmm. 16 this is the third time the packers have given up 16 points it has been no fewer at any point <laughs> through the season um and this time they gave up 16 and didn't have 30 points behind them um mm-hmm. you know the previous two games against atlanta we had 30 against philly we had 30 this was the game that you were asking for. You wanted to see our, our offense struggle. Say, yeah, defense, go out there and win it. Our defense won this game. They did. I mean, they they did. They, it, it's, it, this was this was a this was a bend don't break ver- defense's version of winning you the game. Yeah. It was like, hey, we held them to like five field goals. <laughs> what do you want from us? You know, no. I mean, they had one. They, this was our first time only allowing one touchdown in the game. Mm-hmm. We talked about that last week too. We had no game this season with fewer than two touchdowns allowed. Mm-hmm. This was that game. We had one touchdown and three field goals. Mm-hmm. They got the ball in the second half. We our offense couldn't keep stay on the field, so they their offense kept getting the ball and they got three field goals out of it. And one of them was deliberate. You know, they had the ball with two and a half minutes left, and most teams in the league probably decide to try and score. Mm -hmm. a touchdown on that. Most teams against our defense probably do score a touchdown on that, but it wasn't the way it happened. They did get the ball back, and they couldn't couldn't get the second touchdown. So I think overall you have to think of it as a positive performance from the defense, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the main thing that stuck out to me was that Chris Barnes looks like something. He looks like he he looks like he's gonna be a factor on this defense for the rest of the season. I've heard people talking about uh, Kamal Martin all year long, and Chris Barnes has looked the best to me as far as the eye test goes. He has he has looked the best to me. Chris Barnes is seventh on this team in tackles. I'd like to see how that rates out over uh, the amount of snaps. How many? How many? How effective is he? And for for me personally, he's looked more effective than Christian Kirksey. Yeah, Christian. You congrats on calling him Christian Thank and you. not Charlie Kirksey. Although he deserves to be called Charlie Kirksey at this yeah, point. Benched ass, fucking Charlie Kirksey style, relegated to fucking mm-hmm. second string. Anyway. Um, Chris Barnes played a hell of a game tonight. Mm-hmm. Had a forced fumble mm-hmm. in a key spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, the general success was there, too. Like, he was he was in control of the defense. He wore the green dot. Mm-hmm. And he had tackles. He never seemed out of position the seven too yard, badly. Yeah, the seven-yard loss that he had, that was beautiful. Blew up that screen. Yes. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly type of thing you hope to see out of your middle linebacker you want to see someone who's not going to get you know beaten Mm -hmm. and not going to blow his assignment but knows when he can attack Mm -hmm. and does so Mm -hmm. effectively and that's what we saw from chris barnes before he got fucking pirate-eyed i like the term pirate-eyed thank you i mean the middle linebacking core has been you know the soft spot in the figurative zone of this defense mm-hmm. it has been the middle linebacking core this year you know for as much as we've played ty summers chris mm-hmm. barnes has gained more playing time as the year has gone on and he's just he just looked the part tonight and then when he went out 
is when things, you know, they drove down the field and got their touchdown. Then they got two field goals after. Like, the defense looked different when he was off the field, Mm -hmm. which that's a really nice thing to say about a middle linebacker. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you want to be able to say about your middle linebacker. Yeah, if last week our defense looked better, better with Rashawn Gary on the field, this week our defense looked better with Chris Barnes on the field. I think that was obvious. I think, like, I've seen enough from Kirksey. There's nothing else that I, you know, I don't see him turning a corner or anything in this defense. I think you have a player ascending in Chris Barnes, and he's got to get the snaps. Yeah, I mean, Christian Kirksey, I think... I think he can turn a corner in this defense. I think he can feel comfortable in this defense and play his role better. But at the same time, I don't think, like, he's not going to be the explosive guy that you were hoping he would be when you signed him in the offseason. You know, we signed him in the offseason knowing he was kind of, you know... Up in the air. Yeah, and da- a little bit... Da- you, you hate to use this phrase, but, phrase, but damaged goods. Mm-hmm. He'd been injured a couple seasons already. Mm-hmm. Um and he comes in, and he's just not super effective. Like, he's there, he's he's solid, he's pro, he does, you know, he's not blowing assignments and not fucking things up terribly. Mm-hmm. But he's not doing anything for you. He's, mm-hmm. he's providing a beatable defense to the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Barnes, and I don't, I don't know anything about Chris Barnes' ability to, to negotiate traffic and negotiate assignments at the line of scrimmage as the quarterback is making audibles. Mm-hmm. But the guy looks like he has a good instinct for football, mm-hmm. and he looks like he he is a kind of a splash playmaker who knows where to be and when. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This for the defense. This game was like a was a B. And if you're if you're a generous grader and you're trying to motivate your student through your grading, you might award a B plus. Mm-hmm. To say you're you're on the right track. Yeah. So is this defense good enough to win us a Super Bowl? Yeah. Did your opinion on this on this question improve tonight or no? No, it's pretty much the exact same. Exact same. Exact same. Defense held their ground. The offense slacked. Mm-hmm. The offense looked real shitty. But the defense did not change my mind at the defense at all. I will tell you, my mind was changed a little bit on Chris Barnes. I thought Chris Barnes had his best game of the season. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for positives, I think he showed something that we hadn't seen yet that makes me feel like, oh, if we have that type of play in the playoffs from him, we're we're in better shape. Maybe, but that's, that's kind of a huge if. I think it would have been a huge if before tonight, but like we have a a game where he was he was the MVP of the defense. He caused a fumble, which to his credit, Kevin King picked up and ran back like sixty yards. That was sort of important. And then you know he had several plays of of being um, disruptive and and being in position, and he blew up a screenplay for like a six yard loss. That was. That was important. Really asking the question, does this defense have what it takes to win the Super Bowl? I am always just thinking about the Chiefs. I'm thinking, does this defense have what it takes to stop Pat Mahomes enough? I think, And I think we've always had it. This defense has what it takes to make one more stop than our offense can score. Right. If you're against the Chiefs, it's a different thing. And so I'm I'm just always thinking about if we have what it takes. I think it's good to measure yourself against the Chiefs. I think they are the team that, that matters most when you're doing that type of measurement. I think obviously there's a lot that we don't know in that conversation, but like it is okay to acknowledge that you're the best team in the NFC. It is okay to acknowledge that you are you should be on your way to a one seed and like that is the measuring stick that you're going up against. Now, Kansas City could lose. And I know that because I've been Kansas City before. Mm-hmm. I've been a one-loss team mm-hmm. <laughs> at this mm-hmm. stage of the season before in which you were the defending Super Bowl champions and you feel like you're truly coming into your power. And I know for a fact that 
them being objectively the best team does not mean that they don't run into an indie mm-hmm. and get beaten by a defense that is better than one they've seen or even a Tennessee or mm-hmm. you know Miami like or Buffalo some there's yeah. there's a lot of new kind of teams out there that can fuck you up in different ways and they're not a sure thing even though they are clearly the best mm-hmm. they might lose to someone mm-hmm. and but that's still the standard that you have to be measuring yourself against Mm-hmm. And I think our our only way of overcoming that offense is with our offense. How would you feel about a Buffalo Green Bay Super Bowl? I'd be nervous as hell about it because mm-hmm. Buffalo has a really good defense and an up and coming quarterback. They have an okay defense. They have a pretty good defense. It's pretty good. I don't think it's special. I, I mean, it's been reliable for them. It mm-hmm. hasn't been the reason they lost. Mm-hmm. The reason they lost was because Josh Allen wasn't there yet, and now he seems to be there. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. And I appreciate what we're saying, and, and thinking about the Super Bowl is always great. But I want to take one last moment before we wrap this up. And I want to speak to the people on Twitter who keep telling me not to be negative. Just <laughs> shut up instead. Instead of telling, instead of tweeting something that tells people not to be negative or says like, everybody's saying that we're, you know, everybody's ungrateful. Like, oh, did we lose the game? Oh, like, I guess we're not eleven and three then. I guess we're bad. Last year we were so happy. Now we're not. Just don't. Instead of that, instead of all that fucking useless, condescending you know, lateral attack on me, a fellow fan who views it differently, <laughs> just shut shut up and just just tweet positive things. If you want only positive things out in the universe, how about you just tweet what was so fucking great about the second half instead of telling me not to tweet about the second half. Because I, like, I, I get it. I get it. There's a lot to be thankful for. But Super Bowls are hard. Mm-hmm. And... They are. We haven't gotten they one. require a lot of work. And we've had a lot of good teams that haven't gotten one in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So that's the goal. And if you're not down with that goal, then don't, like, I know it's intimidating, but don't tell me to shut up. Because at the end of the day, the likelihood, still, we have a fucking good team. The likelihood is still that we lose somewhere. And I want to fucking be feeling out that loss so that I can adjust and advance and play the fucking chess game that's required to get to the ultimate goal. Because that's what this is. It's trying to figure out what your weakness is going to fucking be so you can think about it and they can think about it and they can fix it and they can fucking take care of you at at the moment of truth in the postseason. I understand there's a lot to be grateful for and you want to be positive. Mm-hmm. But don't act like we didn't fucking lay an egg in the second half. Don't act like we didn't get beat thirteen to three in the second half. Yeah, I, <laughs> because they don't have anything to say that you're not being true, that you're not being honest. That like that that's the difference. I I want to be positive, and I have the outlook that I think you should put positive energy and put positive energy towards your team that's what you can do as a fan but i'm not gonna say like i'm not gonna look at the flaws and say don't look at that right because it's all important it's all there there are actual flaws and like and and just know just know in your fucking hearts mm-hmm. aaron Rodgers disagrees with you Aaron Rodgers <laughs> thinks that we need to fucking have a conversation yeah. about what went wrong on offense in that second half. <laughs> and I think that's that's the right tack to take. Like, we have bigger shit on the line here than beating the four and fucking nine Carolina Panthers. Like, that has never been the goal, right? So let's take this for what it was, which was a shitty loss against a shitty team who's fucking young. Like, their young defense looked like they knew what they were doing against us mm-hmm. in the second half, and and when a a defense that's comprised of twenty three year olds is out there looking like they can fucking handle you, that's weak. 
That's mm-hmm. weak, and you need to do better if you're this fucking illusion of complexity, fucking most prolific offense in the league type offense. It wasn't good enough, and that's okay to say because it's mm-hmm. not the end of the fucking world. Mm-hmm. We can mm-hmm. we can get to the end of the season and say, you know, it was a pretty good season, though. Mm-hmm. That opportunity never goes away. So while we're here with the chance to get better, let's let's not talk about resting on our fucking laurels at eleven and three. No one aspires to be eleven and three. That's not the goal of any of this. Mm-hmm. We've got to get laurels are such a stupid thing to rest on, anyways. Exactly. Not comfortable. You don't even know what laurels are. You want to fucking rest on them? You fucking asshole. Yeah, they're. Friggin' viney, and are they? Yeah, aren't they? Just, aren't I don't know they? what laurels are. Laurels aren't they just? I like... knew a girl named Laurel. Ew. Actually, I'm pretty sure every girl that I knew named Laurel was like at least pretty attractive. When you see Look, like the Cannes Film Festival, it's those like those like vine <laughs> things, those circular vine-looking crown things. Like the they're those are laurels, I think. I think. Right now there's a girl named Laurel that I used to go to high school with that's like, I fucking knew it. She's <laughs> listening to our podcast. Yep. Congrats. I'm married though, so like, sucks to suck. Now, anyway. Now every, every other high school person that you knew is listening to this like, man, I hope they mention me next week. Exactly. And that's how you build fucking community in that's a podcast. Right. And that's what we're here to do this is the packard force podcast we're building community with all these fucking truth haters out here that don't understand what constructive criticism is or laurels are mm. the laurel knowingest constructive criticismist podcast that you've ever heard but you know doing it every single day every single night until Thank you for listening to the Packer Force Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Sill. I'm really not shit, but like, I don't, I don't expect you to be shit either. I'm not going to take your shit. It's fine. Listen, we have the Titans next week. That game matters. Let's be honest. The Titans matter way more than this game. The Titans are an actual test. If we play but way worse and still matter. win, if we play way worse and still win, it'll be way better than this game was. Yep. But, I mean, it's not like this game doesn't exist. It is here. We should have done better with it than we did, and that's what that was. That was what that whole thing was about. You got to be better against the Carolina Panthers in the second half. <laughs>